Welcome everyone to today's podcast, Expand with Jenna Brown. I am so excited because today we have a guest who is like blowing my mind already just in the two seconds of listening to her story and what she does, but her name is Jessica Serrato and she is here from Vancouver um, and she is a numerologist. So hello, Jessica. Hey, Welcome. Jenna. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I am the so energy excited. is so good already, right? I, I know. It. It's so good. Okay. So get us started. Tell us a little bit about what you do and what being a numerologist is. So um, a numerologist, just like it sounds, um, I deal with the energy of numbers. And, you know, if you've ever seen numbers, you've noticed repeating numbers, you notice license plates, anything like that, it's it's actually not your mind playing tricks on you. The numbers you are feeling them because each number has a different energetic frequency. It literally oscillates at a different rate per second. And so we are energetic beings and we interact with that. Mm. But each one of us has different energy. So this is why your favorite number might be seven and you feel awesome whenever you interact with that number. And seven for me might you know, feel quote unquote unlucky right? Because mm. our, our energy frequencies are reacting to that number differently. So as a numerologist, I share um, universal energy. So the energy that is all around us um, based on the dates uh, and the cards that are present in the universe. And I really feel this helps give people some context, uh, some confidence in what we are feeling as a collective. And then I also help people with their personal numerology. So looking at your own chart and seeing the gifts and the strengths that you inherently have, you know, some of the challenges and the lessons that you're meant to learn, and also maybe what seasons you are going through to really help you, again, just feel more confident. But I feel even without all the numbers, the most important thing I do is to help people prioritize their intuition over their intellect. Ooh. Like our, our intellect speaks so loudly and our intuition, our heart tends to whisper. And so anything I can do to help those whispers get louder and to get people to trust their intuition. You know, I said this to you before, numbers are simply a language. They're a language for your intuition to flow through. You already know, you're already receiving the messages, but the numbers give you kind of the confirmation and the confidence to, to speak it. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's what it has done for me. I love so that's it. what I love to share. I love it. So a lot of people listening to this, you probably are familiar with like angel numbers. You're probably seeing a lot of repeated numbers. Like that's a big thing, probably for those of you who are listening. So if that is the person that's listening and they're already like, they're not weirded out by anything you're saying of like numbers are a language, but it's almost like they haven't been able to see the possibility of what really could be cracked open. Um, like what would be the next steps for me if I am a person that's like, yeah, I, I'm seeing repeated numbers a lot. I've, I've heard of my life path number. We talked about that, but like, I wouldn't even know that there's another world outside of that. Like how, how, what, why would I want to even go outside of that world? Because you're, you're, you're seeing the messages but this is how I just equate it when you just said this. It's like you're getting a text message and you know you're getting a text message, but you haven't opened it yet. Mm -hmm. So just imagine you're getting text messages all day. You're seeing 11, 11, 12, and, but you don't actually know what the message is. Wow. And so that's 
just open up the text. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would say like the numbers can do. And it's really gonna be um, personal for everybody. So there's two tips that I would love to give everyone. The first is start to, you're noticing them. And so start to create kind of your own, what I call a personal dictionary. When numbers catch your eye, just want you to note what it is that you're doing, what it is you might be thinking about, and just write it down. Even if it seems totally random, you just want to write it down. And because sometimes our intuition um, is sending us messages and we might not be able to decipher it in the moment, but we kind of connect the dots as time goes on. And the second is, you know, just to learn a little bit about your own personal numerology. A ruling number is a great place to start. And this is this overarching energy that you have based on your date of birth. And, you know, I have a free resource on my site that you could come and calculate and get a bit of information on, which is great. But essentially you add all the digits of your birth date together and you come up with a number. But here's the thing, when we interpret this number, we need to remember that this number has this big spectrum of energy. And on one side is this, you know, empowered side, like in the flow side, you know, some people might call it positive. And then on the other side, there's disempowered or when we feel like we're in the mud and, you know, some people might refer to as negative and there's everything in between. Mm. So that's why it's really hard to Google, like, what does angel number 1111 mean? Because Mm -hmm. that's just one interpretation of it. And you Mm -hmm. might be feeling it along the spectrum a little bit differently. I want to share just a really quick story about the power of the numbers and how it will come to you in the most weird way. So I was, um, I was seeing the numbers 1025, 1025, 10, they were coming to me in meditation. I was writing them down. No idea. And I'm a numerologist. So I just want to be clear, right? Like still there are messages that come to me that I'm like, what? I tried to add them up, composite number. I compared them to my chart. I had, I had no idea. At this time, I was just starting my uh, job as a numerologist, my career as a numerologist. And I was also working in corporate. And one day in my corporate job, I was uh, filling out a subsidy application and I typed the address of one of our locations, 1025 Granville Street. And I said, 1025. And I stopped and I said, what does that mean? And it said, sell it, sell it now. And I was, but this is where you have to trust your intuition. So I went and I said, listen, I know this might sound a little out there, but I feel that this is the time to sell this building uh, and we need to sell it for $14 million. And uh, my boss looked at me and he said, well, you know that we, we bought it for three. This is going to be impossible. And I said, well, I said, give me a chance. I went in front of the board, the people that we were trying to sell it to. And this was at the very end of the year. It was December 29th. Mm. And I said, listen, I want to, uh, we want to sell this. We think, explained all the reasons intellectually why. And the, the chair of the board looked at me and said, I don't know where you got this insider information, but we have $14 million left in our budget and we have two days to spend it. So you got yourself a deal. And everyone was like, oh, stop. What? But imagine. So this is a big, this is like a shocker story Mm -hmm. that I use to just make a very simple point. Imagine if any time that the 1025 had come to me, I had ignored it. I had tried to talk myself out of it or I had tried to Google it. It, it, But it wasn't until months later where I actually typed it. And I actually had to go back to my notebook. 
because you know how your mind plays tricks on you? Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. was it really 1025 that it was telling me? And I went mm-hmm. back to my notebook and I said, yes, it really is. Wow. Wow. So write it down and be open to the possibility of what it could mean for you, not what someone else tells you it, it means. And as wow. a numerologist, I can give you one translation of it, one interpretation of it, but it's up to you to see like, oh, does that resonate? Does that resonate with me? Wow. What is that story? That's crazy. (laughs) That's so amazing. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was just, when you were saying that it was reminding me of, so my favorite number my whole life has been three. I don't know what that means about me, but (laughs) that's my my number, like always in sports and all the things. And we actually, my husband and I are from Ohio originally and relocated here to Sedona, Arizona. And our area code was 330. Okay. And when we came to Sedona, we lived on the road full-time for a year traveling with our family in an RV. We got to Sedona and we were like here for a long time. Okay. So it's kind of a weird story, but I feel like I should share it for people to know synchronicities and really pay attention to this stuff. So we were in Sedona. We knew when we went on this trip, first and foremost, because I know you don't know this about me, Jessica, but we, when we went on this trip, we knew we were relocating, but we had no idea where. So we were just like, let's go travel the U.S. and figure out where we're going to be. And when we got to Sedona, I kind of knew coming into Sedona, like, this is it. Like, I just had this feeling. And when we got here... We were staying in a campground in our RV and then we were here for like three weeks and we loved it. And then we tried to leave and our RV literally broke down like five minutes down the road and we were like, okay, so we had to go back. Okay. Stayed for another three weeks, had so much fun, tried to leave again. And our RV broke down in the exact same place. We had to turn around, come back again. And then by then we were like, all right, what is happening? (laughs) And at that time I was done living on the road. I was like, I can't do this with three kids anymore. I'm going nuts. And so that night, my husband and I decided like, okay, like, let's be open to the possibility of us living here in Sedona. Okay. So literally that night we said that the next morning he felt like he should wake up and it was like 6am. He got on Facebook marketplace and somebody had listed our house that we now live in and it was for rent. And it was literally everything that we had been like talking about two years prior of what we wanted to live, like in the mountains, beautiful view, two and a half acres, two car garage, like three bedrooms, like all these things. It was this house and it was for, it's really expensive to, to rent in Sedona. And it was like way cheaper than anything like in Sedona. We're like, this is maybe a scam. I don't know. He called her at like 7am. She's like, yeah, come look at the house. And I had never seen it. I never saw pictures. I thought it's probably like not going to be good at all. Like whatever. And he's like, babe, we have to go look at it at 10 AM. They need us to come look at it. I'm like, all right, no attachment whatsoever. No, like this is where I'm going to be. We pull up to this house and straight up, I live like literally out of every single window of my house is mountains. Okay. Like beautiful Sedona mountains. And I was like, what is this place? I look down and the address is 3330. Whoa. <laughs> so we were like nervous because we we went from living in an RV and paying like nothing a month to a big, I mean, it was cheap for Sedona, but like a big rental payment and settling somewhere that we didn't know anyone. We didn't know really anything about this area. And we're just like, we're going to rent a house for at least a year. Okay. I don't know. And literally when I looked down and saw that 3330, because we came from 330 and three is my favorite number. I was like, this is it. That story is like, (laughs) I love it because it's like when we decide the universe answers, right? The universe shows up for us. 
Mm-hmm. And these numbers are cycles and the universal laws are underneath them. And I love how you just were like, the messages were coming with like the RV breaking down. And finally, like you just decided and look like the universe came to meet you. And, you know, that's really brings me to like, I love this about numerology. And it's important to know that numerology is not fortune telling. Mm-hmm. It's not going to tell us what will happen. It's like forecasting. It tells us what opportunities are there, but we yeah. still have free will, right? It's still up to us to say yes. It's still up to us to like co-create with the energy. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's just like weather forecasting, like meteorologists. It, we can tell you it's going to rain, but then you have the choice if you want to go outside, if you want to take an umbrella, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And so that's really important to know about numbers because I find sometimes that m- people might be fearful of it because they feel it's a little bit like uh, more like fate. But it's not that. It's not fortune telling. It simply gives you the opportunities and you have the free will to say yes or no. And uh, we, you know, numbers, the beautiful thing, this is what I love. Like before, I mean, I've always loved numbers. I love them because they always make sense in equations. Like I was in math and finance all my life. But now I understand that the reason I love them is because they're so comforting to me because they're always cyclical. They make sense. They always come back around. And so what's meant for you won't miss you. So now I know, instead of getting stressed out of like, my numbers this week say I have this beautiful, you know, and then life happens. Well, it's okay. It's going to, it's going to come back around, but just me knowing the opportunity is there. It's just a really great comfort. And you know, no, now using the intuitive side of the numbers actually saves me so much time because before working in finance and numbers, I would come up with the, with the answer, just like that example that I just gave, but to make it intellectually make sense, I would kind of like reverse engineer it. So when I went into that meeting, I had worked out a hundred reasons why it was at this price at this, right. I did, but I was actually manipulating the data Oh my God. Yes. Right. To like, to, to go in line with my intuition. Mm-hmm. Whereas we, and like, um, I just look back at that time and many others in my life where I just spent so much time trying to justify and explain my intuition. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. This is like really hitting me in this aspect. When you said this earlier about how numbers are cyclical, so much of what I teach is, is feminine embodiment and, and being a feminine being like quite literally in my body, I embody cycles. Mm-hmm. So immediately it's really interesting. Cause I've actually had resistance to numbers, like just because in my consciousness, it was more like numbers are masculine and numbers are like very, this is not the truth. I'm just saying yeah, like for me, yeah, it was yeah, for like finance and that kind of stuff was so yeah. masculine to me. And even just like really put off from my reality. I mean, just like even growing up, like I was not the person that loved math. Like <laughs> I was not yeah. that person. I was the one who loved writing and expressing and like all of those things. Um, but I have found that even in my awakening journey and as I grow and like really start to teach about money and love money and all these things that I'm like really being fascinated by numbers. And in this aspect, like you're saying, I loved that you said they're cyclical because I would have never put that together, but immediately that made it feel more comforting to me mm-hmm. because that's what I teach is cycles. I'm like, literally, if you look at nature, it's cycles. You literally are nature in your body. You're experiencing death and rebirth over and over and over again. 
And the fact that numbers are also cyclical is like blowing my mind. They're in nature, right? We see numbers in nature all of the time. You know, six is mathematically the first perfect number, right? It's the it's the first number that you can multiply and add together all of the the integers and get six. But six is also the perfect number in nature. Think of the beehive, right? The six sides. Like there are so many examples in nature. You're blowing my mind. What is happening? (laughs) Like, and so numbers are in nature as well. And so it's all connected. Before we go any further, you don't know this about my background, but I come from like a very like religious trauma background. And so six to me was like the devil number. <laughs> so like, you're just telling me that it's the perfect number. Like, please explain. I'm, yeah. my mind is being blown. <laughs> yeah. So six is, is what I, you know, it's, it's a good and a bad thing, but it's the birthplace of perfection, right? When we look at the number six, we have one plus two plus three equals mm-hmm. six, one times two times three equals six. So it is the first of these, what we call perfect numbers in math. But if we think of, and it shows up in nature, like I said, the the beehives, but it is all about alignment and the harmonizing of duality of seemingly different things. It's like the yin, think about the yin and mm-hmm. the yang symbol, right? It mm-hmm. kind of looks like a six and a, a nine or an upside down six. Mm-hmm. But if you think of the number six, it's like, um, it curves in and it's like, it's like a hug. It's like a warm hug here. Mm-hmm. This is a really positive side of the six is nurturing and um, loving and protecting. But if you get into the low side of the six, it is like a stranglehold, constricting, mm. really like, and so I think that's where when the six comes in as more of this negative construct or concept, it's taking in that negative polarity of feeling like pigeonholed a little bit or like not allowing uh, to express when actually six is the number of love and harmony. It's beautiful. Dude, like you're blowing my mind because I'm thinking of, in so much of what I teach, like I, I teach so much about how I'm using the, the construct of religion from where I come from, where it's like God and devil, heaven and hell. And like, I, a lot of the core of what I teach is like, that's actually living inside of you. And when we are like, oh, then, and even how you, I love the language that you use about like, some people would call this positive and some would call it negative, but really like, what is that? Right. It's like two sides of the same thing. It's this polarity that we experience. And I teach on feminine and masculine energetics, which is the same. It's like these two aspects that really balance each other out that live within us. And so when you said that about the six, like that's just really resonating with me in this aspect of like, we were told to be afraid of the number six, like quite literally. And so now it's like, I'm like, well, no shit. No wonder we were told to be afraid of it because there was this whole aspect of, we have to purge this like darkness out of us when really like when we can love the darkness inside of us, that's when we actually create the harmony and the balance that our soul has been craving this whole entire time, which is just like, what if that's in a number? Like, I'm so excited. That's yeah. so, that's so incredible. Yeah. And we just think of, I mean, there's so many lessons in all of the numbers and it's just changing the way we look at them slightly, which makes all the difference. Okay. So you have to tell everyone the story that you told me when I asked you, how did you get on this path of being a numerologist? <laughs> I love this. I know this is, I feel like not all my stories are shocking, but maybe I just there has been some big changes in my life recently. So, you know, I shared a little bit before I've always been in finance, you know, numbers were always, they felt easy for me, but I laughed because in school, when teachers would tell me to show my work, I would be like, Oh, 
okay. Like, but I went, I would fake it. I would reverse engineer, but I went to school for finance and business and I spent some time on wall street, but it was interesting that you said the masculine, because I believe that it was the masculine side of that culture, which really, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I could survive here. Yeah. Um, and this was in the nineties and the early 2000. I just, I mean, I just think back to like, Oh my gosh, my power suits with the shoulder pads, ah. pantyhose, right? <laughs> and um, just, just didn't feel right to me. And yeah. so I stayed in business, but I moved into human resources uh, because my passion really was people, but I also stayed in finance. And so I was in a corporate career and I had been with the same company for 15 years. And in 2020, so many people listening, there was this abrupt. I love 2020. Uh, yeah. Everyone 20. is, I mean, not everyone, so many people, I'm like, y'all don't even know 2020, like saved your ass, even if it doesn't feel like it. 2020. Let's just, okay. We'll talk. I'm going to digress. Cause I want to talk about the number of 2020. Then I'll. Show oh you yes, yes, yes. Okay. 2020. If you think about the universal energy of that year was a four. So two plus zero plus two plus zero. And if you think of the four, just feel into it four legs of a table, the chair, foundational. Foundations. I was yes. just going to say foundational. Sturdy, structure. And then everyone's saying, oh my gosh, well, that 2020 didn't feel very sturdy. Well, here's why. Because the foundations that we had built things on, we felt secure in jobs. We felt safety because we had this. We had built that all of outside of ourselves and it was no yeah. longer working. And so it had to crumble. Yeah, That's because the flip side of the four, the negative side of the four was hoarding right? Or looking outside of ourselves for the answer. And so this was a huge lesson for us of breaking everything down to literally the studs and saying, you need to build it again. Yeah, And this time build it better. So I was feeling the crumbling during that time. And I was just feeling overwhelmed, wow. right? You know, in, it, it was just a hard year. And I really was trying to Oh, I mean, I was just diving deep into the spirituality and just trying to find anything I could actually to feel less overwhelmed. Like I, I really wasn't wanting to change a career. I just wanted to feel better. And I had a session where I accessed my Akashic records. And in that session, I met uh, one of my guides who I'd never met before, but now I know his name is Frankfurt. And he um, showed me a book and he said, you wrote this book in a past life. And it was a book about numerology, about numbers. I didn't know it, but it had all these equations. And he said, you, you know, your role in this lifetime is to share this message um, with the world. And what are you doing? Like you need to get out there and do it. And this is how it was different. When I wrote the book in a past life, I was a man. And I meant in this lifetime to share the wisdom of numbers as a woman. And I feel that will make a difference. Yeah. Because, I'm yeah. crying. Just listen. I mean, I'm over here. If you can't see me, I'm just over here crying because that's so beautiful. Keep and it will make a difference because, you know, numbers are for everyone. Energy work is like not for the elite. Spirituality does not need to be serious. All of these things that have been constructed, I feel to keep women out of the, like literally keep women out of the equation. It's like, no, we are meant to embody this and be here. And math and numbers historically have kept like like I said kept women out of the equation and that's not the case oh that's God. not the way imagine imagine how different Wall Street would be imagine how different money and math would be 
if the feminine energy was more prominent there. And that is my mission to make numbers mainstream. So everyone can feel this and again, choose to, to use it or not, but believe that it is for them because it is. Mm. I just feel like you took me to church. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> Sorry, ready, that's, like, this, that's my passion. So I, when I talk about it, I'm like, ah, oh, like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed on every level. Like quite literally, I'm just like, wow. It just is reminding even me of, yeah. When you, when you said that, like it's almost, yeah. Like numbers have literally been used to keep women out of the equation. Yes. And I think of that with wealth. And if you really think about money and I teach a lot about money and how it's been kept and like hoarded and really like in our consciousness, the conscious collective, it's been like m- men do the money, like men do the numbers, men do the money. And I feel like numbers and money are very connected in that aspect of like, it's, I don't know if they're meant to be, or if that's just like what we put onto it, but when I think of that, I'm like, yeah, it, it really has been that. And I always say like, when, when we put women in the front of society, cause that's what's happening, whether people want to like realize it or not, like women are meant to be running society. Like, that's just the truth. Like we're, we're meant to be doing it. And, and it sounds like, I don't know how it sounds to those of you that are listening, but I truly believe that when we put women in charge, like we will quite literally see the whole entire world change. Why? Because women are connected to the cyclical nature. We are connected to our intuition. We are connected to the movement of where things are going. Like the fact that before 2020 even happened, I literally knew, like I knew that I knew that I knew that all of the foundations were going to crumble. And that is because a year prior, all of the foundations in my in my life crumbled and fell. And I literally embodied like on an, I almost died a year before 2019. So 2018, I almost died. I was running a nonprofit at the time that I had to, that I had to leave. I literally left religion. I literally like every single thing in my life blew up basically, (laughs) and including my health. And I laid on my back for a year straight, pretty much recovering as a mom of two kids. One that was in my womb that she didn't die, which is a miracle. And I literally like embodied all of this wisdom of understanding, like how we are connecting our worth to what we do and all of these things. And literally when 2020 happened, like I had these words to, to speak that I was like, this is what's happening. And everyone's like, no, it's not. I'm like, this is literally what's happening. So it's so cool to me is I'm not a numerologist yet. I was so connected to my intuition that I knew exactly what was happening. And now even like the whole time, I never was faulty and never was like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming because I had experienced it in my body a year prior. And I knew exactly what was happening that every, like it no longer could last. Like the foundations weren't strong. Right. And just like you were saying, if in our society, money numbers, like that language has been, and just even insight into that realm, right. Has been hoarded away from women for, I mean, like we were just allowed to have a bank account like a year ago, I feel like, like, right. We were property like five days ago, I feel. And that still is within our consciousness that we are collectively, like every woman listening to this, like whatever you're doing, you are collectively shifting that for my daughters, like quite literally you're shifting that for the generations to come of, I know it feels hard to claim money and abundance and wealth and in those, all of those generational um, things that we're all breaking, however we're doing it, but it, it matters because quite literally it has been kept away from us. Like you were saying, and when that's given to us and women are allowed to be players in the game, 
the whole world changes, which by the way, is why we haven't been able to be players in the game because we are powerful as hell. I always say like women are the only beings that quite literally house. Like if you think of our womb, we mm-hmm. literally are a portal. Yeah. Our bodies are literal portals, period. Like, <laughs> and we, we literally are portals. It's insane. And the shift in generation, what you just said is so important because if we think about this, so you and I, and most mothers or most women who are listening to this, we have a one and a nine in our charts because we were born in the 1900s. And mm. the one, it's a very physical number, a doing, really trying to prove our worth through doing. And the nine is a very um, mental number. And it's these really like high expectations and seeing the potential and, and pushing. And, you know, in the 1900s, this was great. In terms of the industrial revolution, we got things done. We had a lot of, right? But Mm -hmm. now if we think about our children, the one and the nine are not automatic. They do show up in some kids' birthdays. But what number is automatic? The two. And the two is the number of intuition. It sits on the emotional plane. And it is this connection and compassion and unification energy. And this is what the next generation is trying to do. But- We remember that each number has this disempowered energy. And so the low side of the two is a little bit of codependency, insecurity, neediness. And so what side of the number are we going to instill and encourage in our children? The empowered side. But we have to do that by getting them to trust their heart, trust their intuition, because that energy, and, and we also have to have grace when maybe I I hear this about this generation and I don't like when people say, well, like they don't have the drive or they don't have, well, listen, they They don't need to, they don't need to, they have something. The industrial revolution is over everyone. Like by the way, (laughs) this, that, right. And so they don't need to. And so instead of trying to force them to create strengths that Mm -hmm. they don't have, let's work with the gifts they do have. And many of us might not have a two in our chart. And so it doesn't come naturally to us. And so that's why it's really important when we, when we work with our children to share that with them. And this generation is, you know, different and just the addition of the zeros, right? Zero is not a number. It's a symbol, but it has a role to play in numerology. It amplifies the numbers around it. And it brings a little bit of the spirituality to it. And this, again, this, this intuitive knowledge. And so we also know that, you know, with the zero, it gives us a portal. I, it's so funny that you said this is a portal, but it gives us this portal to this spiritual plane. It's going to be easier to access if we choose to do it in this, in this century. Would you say like, uh, again, cause I don't know exactly yep. how this works, but like, because like all three of my kids are born in like 2013, 16, 19, like the zero in that, is that all like, is that what you're talking about? Does that, so they all have that like kind of portal. Yeah. If, well, for anybody who was born in the 1900s, like you have the potential to have eight unique numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're born in the 2000s, one of those placeholders is automatically a zero. So, right. And from, and for a lot of people, they have multiple twos. So um, yeah, like, so it, it's just so different. But this is why we have to uh, raise our kids differently. Oh my God, it makes so much sense. Like, 
on every single level, my mind is just like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I have one more question and it's okay yeah. if you don't have an answer to it, but it just hit me. Whereas, okay. So this is kind of weird and it's always been weird and just totally just what in the hell, but my youngest and my oldest. Okay. So I have three kids. Mm-hmm. So my first, and my third, they are born both on the exact same day, six years apart. And they're born on April 7th. Okay. For one, it was not planned. Like they were both surprise babies. First and foremost, they both were, I was like not trying to go into labor with either of them. They both were early and they both totally chose like my middle daughter. She was, I induced with her. My other two that I'm talking about, they were just totally like, I am coming on April 7th. Like that is when they were born six years apart. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Like when I say that of like, they both chose this exact same day, two of my kids, this exact same day. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. And this actually, I'm so glad you brought this up because this brings in the secondary aspect of numerology, which is the playing cards. So they, they share an energy and they share, yeah, the ace of spades. That's what I, I, this is like the death and rebirth card. I love it so much. Okay. So they share the ace of spades. So how this works is our calendar is based on the deck of cards. So 52 weeks in the year, 52 cards in the deck, seven days in the week, because five plus two equals seven. We have four seasons. There are four suits. There's 13 cards in each of the suits because there's 13 zodiac signs, 13 astrological signs. There's 12 court cards. No, it gets gets better. There's 12 court cards. So Jack, Queen, King, right? Yeah. All of them. We have 12 months in the year. And if you add up all of the numbers on the playing card, so eight plus seven plus nine, all of these things, you get 364. You add the joker, you get one and a quarter. And so that's 365 and a quarter. So this is the math behind these deck of cards. But when this system was created thousands of years ago, uh, people didn't feel safe to share it because people referred to it as, you know, magic or And so they hit it in these playing cards. And so now that we know this, we can use these cards to um, look at our energy uh, the day we were born, but then also forecast our energy and our strengths. And so the Ace of Spades, exploding. Yeah. So the Ace of Spades is this card of transformation. Um, And I love this. Actually, it's my children who taught me this is originally when I was starting to study, I had assumed that the ace was one, but actually it is not because in some games it's low, some games it's high. And my, I remember she was four at the time and she said, mom, if the ace was supposed to be a one, why didn't they just put a one? And I said, aha, you are right. So the ace is not a beginning. It's also an ending right? It's this, right? Is this, right? I can't even handle it. This, your two children who were born into this energy are meant to transform the world. They are meant to transform themselves in order to inspire the world to do that. Now they are going to do it in different ways because their ruling numbers are different, Mm -hmm. right? kind of like the job description, but people who do the, who do the same job are different people. So they do it differently. And so, yeah, they are meant to do it differently, but they will share that energy of transformation as they go through life. And anyone, this is interesting, anyone born into a spades energy is very unique. Here's mm-hmm. why. Mathematically, out of the 365 days, only 49 of them hold the spades. I want you to guess. I think this is kind of fun. 
What do you think, what energy exists the most in our world? Diamonds, hearts, clubs, or what's prevalent in our society most? Clubs. Yes. Was that right? Oh, clubs. Are one- it was like clubs. I was like, that's not it. I'm like, yeah. No, okay. So clubs are 133 of the year. And it's because communication, thoughts, idea, our society is so obsessed with this back and forth. The second is diamonds, 131, of course. Money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but spades and hearts. And I just, every time I say that, I'm like, oh, hearts, hearts. more of you. But spades and hearts only have 47 and 49 days of the year. So all wow. of this to say, and one more thing about your kids, I think is so funny, is if they were born one day later, they would have been born into the diamonds, right? Because wow. so it's like they chose this really unique energy. They totally spades. did to come in. Um, they weren't a diamond, they were a spade and they chose that day. Um, so your sun card, this is what this is called, is the energy uh, that was present the day of your birth. And so that's also a really great place to start when you're looking at numerology, along yeah. with your ruling number. Like I said, your ruling number is you, the, your, this is your job description. And just like, if you think about this, like a teacher, people show up in a teaching role in so many different ways. And it's the same with numerology. People with the same energy don't always do and look the same, um, but it's the same dharma. It's the same, like what you're meant to do in this world. Yeah. Okay. So you want to hear something even crazier? Because you don't know me at all, right? No. And maybe people need to hear this on the, I love doing stuff like this because it's like so fun because you don't know me. So you don't know my story and you don't know how crazy this is. So I, I have three children. You do know that. And my first and youngest have the same birthday. Like I just shared, she just talked about it being this transformation energy, the death and rebirth energy. So I almost died with both of those kids. Yeah. So my son, I, I almost died in childbirth after I birthed him, my oldest and my youngest, I almost died while I was pregnant with her. She was seven weeks in the womb and I went septic and almost died. I didn't almost die with my middle child who's born in January on the 12th, but my two kids that were born on the 7th of April, Wow! both, and they were like these bookmarks for me of, and it's so hard to like condense my whole life in like a one sentence, but both of those kids created death and rebirth in my life, like through their pregnancy birth experiences, obviously like I literally almost died. And especially with my youngest, the one who was born um, three years ago in two days, she like, that's the one that I was saying I was septic and I was post-septic and laid on my bed for a year, pregnant with her, having her in like, had all of these spiritual revelations and quit everything and everything basically died in my life to then be rebirthed into what I'm doing now, which is amazing. Um, but isn't that so crazy that like, you're literally saying they have this death and rebirth energy and both of them, I literally almost died and my whole life was rebirthed with both of them. Like, I bet you I'm getting tingles now. I bet you that the ace of spades is in your chart. Probably somewhere. I'm sure. Well, I was actually, I don't know if you know, astro astro geography. It's like essentially like the energy of all of the geographical map. And I was actually born on my death and rebirth line, my Pluto line. What, what's your birthday? Uh, the 21st of May. Oh I know you didn't know. Plan to oh my gosh. This. I'm like, this, it totally is. You're the, you're the creative. This is your yeah. card. 
And the ace of spades is there. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have to talk after this is just like, this is where, so then we have these cards and you have contracts. Like you feel this, you have contracts with people, right? Connections yeah. with people. And your kids. And your kids. And you know, some are from a past life, mm-hmm. right? And some are in this life. And so when we look at these cards, there are connections here. And just how you kind of brought in astrology. So this is also brought into this side of numerology. So we have, you know, sun and moon and Mercury and Venus. And so, you know, when people ask me like, am I compatible or am I meant to be with this person? My answer is everyone's compatible as long as you embrace your role. So I'll just use like this really quick example of that. And like if one in there's in the connection in the cards, we'll just use an easy one. Mm-hmm. There's a sun moon connection where one person is the sun, their card is the sun and the other person is the moon. And what does this mean? Well, in this relationship, the sun is meant to shine. The sun is meant to be the star and the moon is meant to support the sun. Well, they're going to be compatible and it's going to work if this person over here wants to support the sun and if this person wants to shine. But if this person isn't comfortable in the spotlight and the moon would actually rather take that position, that relationship isn't going to work because Mm. they don't want to embrace the roles. And that's okay. There is a moon to every sun and a sun to every moon. You just find that connection. So that's Mm. another beautiful thing we can do with numerology is look at the connections in the cards And to really, um, like I said, embrace those connections and like using affirmations and ways that you can embrace that unique role um, and understand that there are some people that are in your life uh, for a long time and some for a short time, but that doesn't lessen the impact. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is, I laugh. These, like, this could be forever, but there's just so much that we can do with this energy as long. And we go back to the beginning of our conversation. Just open yourself to the possibility of what could this be? What does my intuition, what is my intuition saying here? Yeah. Yeah. So you've already shared with us the next steps. Like, so so one, they can out um, in the show notes, I'll have your website listed so they can go and they can explain like how somebody can start to work with you or what, what are your offerings that you typically would put someone into that you don't know, like. Yeah. So the the first thing you can do is just download your free gift. So it's right on my website and you'll download and be able to calculate your ruling number and learn a little bit about it. So you'll get a PDF with the strengths and the gifts and also some of the challenges. Um, And then, you know, I have a free group online. It's called Numbers Don't Lie. And we just have really fun kind of conversations about numerology and what they could be for you. And also the same on Instagram. I share some tips about the energy of the day that if people are wanting just to play in the energy, that's a good place to start. I love it. Yeah. And I have so many, you know, different readings, depending on what you might be interested. So personal readings, family readings, I do a monthly subscription where I give you a personalized energy forecast for the month ahead. Um, So there's lots of different ways that you can utilize numerology. And, you know, lastly, I teach it because this is, I I, I laugh, I I understand this is probably not the best business model, but it's what I believe in. I don't want people to need, quote unquote, me. You don't need a numerologist. You just need to learn the language. And that's why I'm also passionate about teaching it, but teaching it in a fun way that you can learn it for yourself and start to interpret the, the energy for yourself. So I have some fun numerology courses that are really accessible um, and are just meant for this fun exploration 
through your own chart. So you really learn about yourself and then through there. I love it. And by the way, that is a great business model. It's just yeah. that not the model that we were taught in yes. the masculine structure of I have everything like hierarchy. I have everything. And like, you are so lucky and need to pay me to know every single little tiny bit. And I'm going to hold every single thing away from you so that you're not empowered, right? Like it's a great business model to empower your clients to actually use these tools for their benefit because right away, first of all, that tells me that you live in abundance because that's how abundance minded people think. We're not hoarding all of our tools. Like, oh, you only, like for me, oh, you only can come to me to regulate your nervous system and expand your subconscious ability to receive in your business. Like, no, I'm going to create the tools and give them to you or teach you how to do them or facilitate them because I want this medicine, because that's really what it is, what you're doing to actually be utilized. And, and for so long, so much of this, like you were saying, even like they hid magic inside of playing cards for so long, the magic of the subconscious, the quantum realm, the sacred numbers, like all of these things were for the elite and for people that weren't like everyday people to not have access to understand, like they can actually change their reality. They can actually literally shift it. And so it was like kept away from them in order to control. So I would just like to say that's not a bad business model. That's a great business model. And thank you for sharing that. And that just kind of hit me too of like, this is the different way that I'm meant to share it this time, right? Absolutely. And who knows what you're doing, like you're saying in your past life that you created this as a man, like, could you been, are you karma crafting in a way too of like, are you saying this as a woman? Like, this is your different take and spin on it is because women, by the way, naturally think this, like this is naturally in our bones and body to like create when we are empowered to want that empowerment for other people and not create this creepy codependency, which by the way, was the low vibe of what you were saying for the two thousands. And I believe that's so much of what our feminine leadership is doing right now is like, is cleaning up that stuff. Like it's cleaning up those remnants of all of that, which we can yeah. go into forever. But uh, yeah, so it's a great business model. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll continue with it. Thank you. Yeah, carry on and don't think that it's bad and don't allow that energy to be in the field of it because that's actually, that is the actual future of business. And that is like an awakened model that lives in abundance and more people want that. Like people are, more, I'm way more attracted to you by saying that than saying like, oh, you have to have me forever and ever and ever. You'll never know what your numbers mean. Like that's like, right? Like that's just, it's just not your vibe and it wouldn't be authentic. So we're all about that authenticity here. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm, anything else you want to share before we sign off? No, that's it. Just start noticing numbers, start playing and don't worry about getting it right. Just think about feeling it. And if anyone has any good number stories or just wants to share anything, message me. As you can probably tell, I'm in it for all of this. I love it. And so just reach out and share it because I would love to hear it. Yeah. You can tell that it's your soul's work. And that's how I am too, with my soul's work. It's like when people talk about it, I'm just like so excited. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God. Yes. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if you give me money for it. Like, I mean, not that you shouldn't get money for what you yeah. do you should, but I'm saying like this aspect of what really lights us up. It's, it's genuine. It's, it's genuinely, you can tell when you talk about this, that it's like your passion in life, which is just so, so, so cool to witness. So everyone listening, make sure you go to Jessica's chart. It's linked in the show notes and, um, get your free 
gift and get in her community so that you can start to play with these numbers and play in her field more and, and learn, learn, learn and share your stories because this is so, so fun. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this with us. It's such a treat. Thank you so much. It was fun.